on this Father's Day a you know a memory from my childhood, um, a private one. So I grew up in medical household. Uh, you know, my parents were immigrants, and I spent a lot of my time as a, as a child listening to my father, as many children, of course, you know, being talked to about life and lessons around life. I can say that I was in that way. I was kind of a typical child, which is that you know, as an adolescent, you know, you don't want to hear, <laughs> you don't want to hear, you know, our conversation, one-way conversations about you know stuff, because you know you're a world beater. You think you know everything, et cetera, et cetera. And and in that regard, you know, I was probably, <laughs> I was probably worse than others. However, one thing that I did pick up and that you know, the way it relates to today is that the other day I was speaking to a new uh, subscriber to GH2 Unfiltered. And GH2 Unfiltered is the subscription website where, you know, I am putting things in print on the website that I cannot really share in public on a podcast, on YouTube video. It's too sensitive. They're my opinions about carriers, for example. Um, you know, and little observations that I would not make out in public. And the reason is that somebody would abuse it. Anyway, the person, the subscriber said to me, Jay, you know, you have a very interesting, good way of explaining things. This is your gift. And, you know, I said, (laughs) I didn't really think of it as a gift. I just, you know, I, I don't really pay attention to the way that other people try to describe situations or, you know, financial stuff or anything. I Candidly, I just kind of go about my own way and I said, this is how I look at it. And, you know, here's how I compare it so that people from the widest variety of backgrounds can understand. And, you know, privately, I can tell you that, you know, I have certain clients who are who have not graduated from high school. I have certain clients who have forgotten more math, uh, you know, during this podcast than I've learned in a lifetime. You know, I can't even tell the idea of me giving them some kind of mathematic, you know, lesson of any sort is kind of a joke because, like I said, you know, their qualifications, you know, outstrip mine by, you know, many, many, many light years. Anyway, so, you know, really my trick here, my trick, my, you know, my task is try to explain it to persons, whatever it is, a financial concept, a financial product, and then the fit of financial products in a way that people can understand. And on this, in this, that came solely from one place. And that is my father, who would explain certain things about his profession, would explain certain things about a particular hobby in a way that even adolescent Jay, even someone who didn't want to hear, could understand. From there, that was probably the the thing that, and unfortunately, my father's gone, uh, and I'm not able to thank him for that until today. Another thing is that, you know, as time has passed, it's interesting how many of those one-way conversations have turned out to be true, and I'm sure I'm not alone. Happy Father's Day, everybody.
Welcome to the Maximize Your Medicare podcast, everybody. My name is J.O. I am the host. I'm also the author of Maximize Your Medicare, Qualify for Benefits, Protect Your Health, and Minimize Your Cost. It is published by Allworth Press. Official website for the book, www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. You can find other resources there on the site, including official documents from the federal government, important links for information that you may need in order to enroll in Medicare. In addition to that, you know, the YouTube videos are linked there as well as other podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to the free newsletter. It's down. The form is down at the bottom. Your information will never be distributed to anyone else, period. Okay. So today we're going to have, you know, a talk about HSAs, which are health savings accounts. But before that, we've got some new developments or some certain, you know, time sensitive uh, updates about Medicare. The most important is that June 30th is now just days away. It is the end of the COVID related special enrollment period by Medicare. During this period, you can change your Medicare Advantage plan. During this period, you can return back to original Medicare by canceling your Medicare Advantage plan. That means that this would be the time that you can apply for Medigap. You're running out of time desperately here because it is my thought that you first get accepted by Medigap. Otherwise, you risk not having supplementary medical coverage. The prescription part you can get to because you can enroll in Part D. That you can do as late as June 30th and still be fine for July 1st. But the Medigap portion, your application, unless you have some special right, a guaranteed issue right, a guaranteed acceptance right into Medigap, then if you do not qualify for those, then you're going to be asked medical questions and I don't control it and it doesn't happen overnight. Okay, that's your main uh, update as far as the current events go. Please check out the YouTube channel maximize your medicare channel i am taking the weekly newsletter to youtube candidly speaking the reality is is that readers of the book are going to read the book people who have come to see me in public etc you know they're already there the issue as you could see by the essay that i you know that i read out a couple of weeks ago about my job my addition my contribution if you will in getting the right message about Medicare out is that it helps everyone. And reality is, in our society, where does everyone congregate? YouTube. On we go. Today, we're going to discuss HSAs, and these are called health savings accounts. Now, the first part, I'm going to give us, you know, the overview, the overview about what an HSA is, how it works, And then, you know, the expenses that it can be used for, which also include Medicare premium. Then I'm going to, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about a particular problem that people get blindsided by as a result of HSAs when they are trying to apply for Medicare after retiring from employment. So on we go, HSA stands for Health Savings Account. And the way that I try to explain to people is that this is handled like a health-related IRA. 
there's a limit. Each individual can create a separate bank account, a separate bank account, and the maximum contribution in a calendar year is $3,550 for a household that is double that, $7,100. The extra detail you need to know is that if you are above the age, if you're 55 or older, you have also an extra $1,000 which can be contributed into an HSA. Now, an HSA account is an independently owned bank account. It's your name, your name only. It is not a, an account that is held by your employer, for example. There's an important caveat here, which is that an HSA is only available to those who are members or who are enrolled in very specific subset of health insurance plans, which are ACA compliance. These are called high deductible health plans, HDHP. And basically what they are is those are health insurance plans where the deductibles are high, but after you've met the deductible, then your out-of-pocket expenses decline, you know, notably. And in many cases, once you meet the deductible, actually your out-of-pocket expenses go to zero, meaning that the health insurance company covers 100% of the benefit or for your medical expenses from that point. Many people have, you know, become familiar with HSAs and health deductible high, um, health plans. And the reason is that, you know, they become more popular with employers. And, you know, the popularity is, you know, has a logical, you know, basis, which is it cedes control to the person, the individual, the employee for their own health situation, right? In other words, you're not very you know, enthusiastic in order to go to the doctor out of hypochondriosis. Uh, you are, you know, motivated to take care of yourself, for example. So in a calendar year, you can contribute this $35.50 into an HSA account every year. And that is actually, and we'll get to why this matters, this is actually a pro rata share. Meaning that if you have a high deductible plan for six months of a calendar year, you don't get to contribute all $35.50 and have it be tax deductible. You can only contribute half of the $35.50. For those keeping score at home, half of $35.50, $1,775. What this means is that if you are turning 65, let's just say you're turning 65 in October 15th of this year, right? Medicare coverage would begin on October 1st. So you, your limit, your maximum contribution limit to an HSA would be three quarters, nine twelfths of $3,550 fairly straightforward, but some people miss this point. Now, an HSA, the money that goes into an HSA is just a bank account, just like a health, just like an IRA. And in a weird way, you know, what you have is proponents of HSA are out there saying that you can have 
you know, a triple dipping effect. And what does triple dipping basically means? Well, if you set the HSA up at a particular bank, some of these banks are allowing for investing into mutual funds, for example. So they actually have where you can have your HSA balance be invested. And, you know, you just like an IRA, you've contributed into the HSA on a pre-tax basis because you can deduct your contribution made into an HSA from your taxable income. At any point in time, as long as there's a balance, obviously, you can use your HSA for allowable medical expenses. Now, the question, obvious question, the logical question is, what is an allowable medical expense? And this is defined by the Internal Revenue Service, lovingly called, known as the IRS. And there is a particular document which actually tells you and specifies what types of things are allowable medical expenses for IRS rules. And at the bottom of this podcast or in the text of this podcast, I've actually included a link to this publication. It's called a publication 502. It details, you know, what can, what you can and cannot use the money that sits inside the HSA as far as allowable medical expenses. There are a couple of things that not many people know about. They don't they don't get a lot of attention from people. And it has to do with Medicare in the sense as well as health insurance generally, meaning that if you itemize that then your health insurance premium is deductible under publication 502. Now, this is pretty important because for certain persons pay a much greater number as far as the Medicare Medicare premiums due to Irma. And, you know, I've written extensively about Irma, a very comprehensive, very good article sits on MedicareResources.org where I'm a expert contributor. Basically, what ends up happening is that you can deduct or take money from your HSA and pay Medicare premiums. That means your Part B. That means your Part D. That means your Medicare supplement. All of those are tax deductible for those who itemize. The implication of that then is then your Medicare premiums are then pre-tax. One other note is that in certain instances, you'll need to check for it, but that long-term care insurance premiums are also allowable medical expenses for this in this documentation for HSA purposes. So that's true. You can pay for your long-term care insurance out of your HSA. So there's always a bugaboo, and I thought I would mention it now, which is that, you know, what we're having in our world is people working beyond the age of 65. And in addition to that, employers making HSA a more popular choice for benefits for made available to employees. This combination has created, however, an issue. The most important one is that since 
you're taking a tax deduction for your from your taxable income when you make a deposit into an HSA. The thing to know is that you cannot be enrolled in either Part A or Part B and also contribute yourself into the HSA. Certain employers, they make the contribution for you from their monies. That is not what I'm talking about here. My point here is that you cannot take your private money and deposit it into your HSA at the same time that you are enrolled part in Medicare Part A and Part B. And the, you know, without being an IRS official, you can see why this is, right? Because that is basically you double dipping on the, uh, on the deduction itself, since you're be taking a tax deduction, lowering IRS revenue. In addition to that, Part A, Part B are coming from the government pot. So, you know, I'm not normally in the habit of trying to retrofit logic onto tax law, but, you know, that would be the rationale that I would give if I were part of the IRS, which I'm not, which I'm not. And the problem becomes where, let's say now you are 67 years old and you decide to retire in April. Okay, so you retire in April and you've enrolled in Medicare correctly and your coverage date you thought was going to be April 1, 2020. Okay, and then you receive your card and you receive your Medicare card and your notification for Medicare and what you find is that your Part A date is actually not, not April 2020, but instead it is six months prior. Six months prior. So November 1st, do I have it right? Yes. November 1st, 2019. Well, the issue is, let's say, for example, you contributed the maximum, $35.50, and then you also, also contributed the extra $1,000 for catch-up. So you contributed forty-five fifty. Okay, the issue here, you remember I was telling you earlier in the podcast a few minutes ago that it's actually your maximum is thirty-five fifty divided by twelve per month, or forty-five fifty divided by twelve per month. And I just said that you can't be enrolled in Medicare Part A or Part B. The fact of the matter is that your Medicare Part A date in this example reads November 1st of last year, 2019, meaning that your maximum contribution was for 10 months of 2019, 10, not all 12. So what ends up happening is you may have over-contributed into your HSA account if you've contributed the maximum. Over-contributing the maximum is subject to a tax penalty. And unfortunately, what ends up happening here is that people don't understand that this is going on at first because they don't understand the fact that when you're beyond 65 years old, 
there is this six month look back in order to put your part a coverage date that's when it started that's why it says october uh, november 1 2019 not april 1 2020 part b says april 1 2020 but part a will say november november 1 2019 and that's the date that they're going to look at as far as how many months and how much money you can contribute into your HSA. So the very unfun situation can be that not only have you over-contributed, but in addition to that, since now the calendar year has flipped from 2019 into 2020, that there's no real good way of getting this money and putting it back. Now, I am not an accountant. I'm not an accountant. Whether or not you can actually do this, if you knew about it, let's just say in on Christmas Day of 2019, that I don't know. Please, please contact your accountant about this subtle point. But I am certain that the IRS rule reads that you have a maximum contributor amount and it is the pro rata share of those months, meaning, you know, 10 months of 2019 is the maximum. It is not the full amount of $35.50 plus $1,000 catch-up. So I'm trying to save you a few dollars here on the margin, and you can see it because while a, because there are some good things. Obviously, the pre-tax benefit of using HSAs for allowable medical expenses, and many people don't understand that this number can be wider than most commonly believe. It is not just for Tylenol or your copay to your doctor, right? It is not only for that. But since premiums involved, now you're talking about a much bigger number. It can be big enough that for those persons under IRMA, older persons where Medigap premiums have increased up to a level that it can justify itemizing deductions as opposed to t- taking the standardized dedu- standard deduction. Again, you should absolutely interact with your tax accountant on this matter when your numbers become large enough. And this is the general principle here, which is that you can see, and again, I'm going to refer back to, you know, there's the podcast, What I Would Tell a 26-Year-Old About Financial Stuff. You know, the reality is that it is convenient to think of financial topics as separate, trying to keep separate things separate. The problem is that's not the world we live in at the moment, right? And I don't think we're headed back, right? Because once tax is involved and you can understand, you can see the other podcasts here on the Maximizer Medicare podcast channel that what you end up having is interactions across financial topics. We're going to get into more of these. You could see the prior one last week was one about Roth IRA conversions and oversight kicking off IRMA. You can also see it in other things as well in your investing world. And we're going to next time or over the coming weeks, what we will see is something about RMDs as well as mutual fund accounting and distribution. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, Maximize Your Medicare, on 
Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you enjoy your podcast. I'm Jay. If you have your questions, please send them to. If you have your questions, please go to the official website to the book, www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. There's a tab right there. There's a little button there right on the front page called hashtag AskJay. I'll respond within 24 hours. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Speak with you next time.